You're not even recording. No. You're not plugged in at all. Test. Yeah, now you're here. Thanks for letting me be here. You're welcome. I'm so happy. Thanks for being here. This is a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about entrepreneurship and problems in the businesses. There you go. And we usually bring out a guest where the other two don't know what's going on. That's pretty much it. All right, so I've got a bio here. I, Can you put the chairs? I out? have a question. <laughs> I saw that. Do I? Am I in the fart chair? <laughs> Did I win? <laughs> Is that like a thing now? Is that so, why I got a bigger beer than you? Because so, I won the fart chair. That might. So I thought I tightened all of them, like literally right before you got here. But I think I may have loosened all of them. I think we mm. all have it so now. now. We all have okay. the fart chair. So we're in this together. So. TJ is the co-owner of Kalamazoo Commercial Real Estate, a full-service real estate company specializing in the development, redevelopment, brokerage, and management of commercial properties. The company is based in downtown Kalamazoo is made up of 18 people with all different skill sets. That's a new number that I was not aware of. I don't even like 18 people. At Kalamazoo Commercial Real Estate, TJ manages all the marketing and design, as well as much of the -the behind-the-scenes operations. TJ also owns a portfolio of properties, including office, retail, multifamily, and industrial. Uh, when TJ's not obsessing over buildings or architecture, he's spending time with his wife, Casey, and their two daughters, Grace and Maggie. TJ also manages all of the behind-the-scenes behind, uh, <laughs> behind operations for his wife's business, The Happy Headband Company, which has a team of 10 people and over 23,000 Instagram followers. So then TJ has some other fun facts in here, actually. Oh, I did this backwards because I was supposed to... You were, but it's okay. ...reveal it with the facts. There's really not much of a structure to this. But, uh, so I'll just do this backwards anyway. So TJ... you want us to pretend that we're surprised? Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) TJ loves having his mind (laughs) changed through interactions with people. Uh, At 10 years old, he illustrated a book called The Angel in Blue that was published by Scholastic. What? And when they started Kelmsey Commercial Real Estate, it was just him and his partner, Andrew, and they started an old flower shop that they bought on Burdick, and they didn't have enough funding to renovate the building at the time, so they went an entire winter without heat, just with the two of them. Oh. That is crazy. That's my favorite type of entrepreneurial story, the one that involves suffering. Yes. Because I feel like if you haven't been through that, then it doesn't even count. Yeah, That's starting a business. We we were using a ping pong table as our conference room table as well. And I, I'm pretty sure I played beer pong on yeah. your conference table. <laughs> yep. And uh, then when we outgrew it, we moved it to my house and my wife started her company on the same comp- and the same ping pong table. So ping pong table. It's, it's infamous. So is, it's this, gonna be, is it lucky? I'm, it's Can gonna I borrow be, that is table? For sale? We're going to be getting rid of it here soon. So. Uh, I, I'll be a bidder. You can, you can right. definitely auction that off after yeah. this. <laughs> it's pretty beat up at this point. I mean. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. So. I feel like I should, my experience with TJ, we basically started companies in the same like month officially. As far as I know, like, I, I don't know when you like, filed it, but I yep. know it was like within the same month. Absolutely. And yes. So I remember I was in that flower shop, like before they, you, got, you like just bought it right when we, you were still moving your stuff in. Yeah. Yeah. And we actually rented it. We, that was a creative one. We rented it from the owner while we renovated it. To like improve it so that the bank would finance us into it. It was a crazy scenario. So 
and we landed the tenant that's there currently um like halfway through and used all the money we had to finish their space and didn't have enough money for a furnace for us so we like all winter we'd, <laughs> we'd have meetings we had a, like a salamander like heater that they use on construction sites that we would heat our suite up to like 80 degrees and then stuff it in a closet when people would come. Like, well, the meeting's got to yeah. end in 35 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty cool. So it, it was not as cool then. And we actually ended up securing financing in like February and Andrew looked at me and he's like, you know, we got to go all the way through the winter. Like this story isn't good if we put a furnace in the end of February. That's so, true though. So we waited. So you just straight up decided to not put heating in purely because you felt like it? I would say there was there was a big list of things we had to do, so we just kind of did some of the other stuff. Okay. It wasn't yeah. an ego thing, obviously. It was just the other stuff was prioritized. Was, yes, yeah, exactly. Not for bragging rights. <laughs> and we didn't have any employees. You know, that, that'd be a, a hard pill to swallow to look at someone and be like, oh, uh, by the way, we don't have heat. So <laughs> How nope. thin is your blood? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I will definitely say that as Nick and I were first like starting to look for employees um, and we were getting more and more internship applications and things like that was exactly when we realized how hot our west-facing windows get at the end of the day. We're sitting here in 95 degrees, like not no air conditioning unit at all. And we're like, I don't want to spend money on that. I can deal with a fan next to my desk. And we're just like typing away and not being able to see through the sweat in our eyes. And Absolutely. It, it is yeah. when you start thinking about your other people. You're like, I yeah. couldn't put somebody else through this. Yeah, we had the opposite problem. Where we're just, <laughs> like our winter was okay because we had gas, but then we had zero yeah. AC. So it was... I was like falling asleep under a warm blanket in the winter. <laughs> well, we had a weird issue at the Park Trade Center. Uh, when we moved from the fourth floor to the second, we were like apparently closer to, I, I don't know how that boiler works, but it would be February and it would be like, you know what, like three, five degrees. And we would have to have all the windows open because it was like 80 degrees in our <laughs> office. Like to the point where some of the beard balm, if it came out in the summer, would just sweat and melt again. So like we had to figure out like, okay, we had, we bought like a a fridge and we had to like keep that at like, you know, 45 degrees just to (laughs) store like things like that. It was Uh, insane. Yeah. Yeah. I've spent some time in that building. It's hot. From like a person who manages properties. It is just, it's a tough one. I mean, like for anybody, you know, it's just, it's either a thousand degrees or it's cold. That's what it, it seems. And, yeah. And that furnace, the boiler is like either on or it's not. You know, there is no in between. Yeah. yeah, it had a knob, but. Did it do anything? I don't think so. Yeah. I think it was more like an on on <laughs> right. situation. Just makes on. you feel better to have a knob that you can. On play and with. high. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even know which is better. You just like, if I switch it back and forth, everyone's. Yeah, when well. your face starts melting, you're like, oh, that's too hot. <laughs> So you upgraded to actually having heat as a business. Was that uh, we did? Was that a big moment for you guys? It was. Yeah. It. Um, we actually totally renovated that suite. Um, totally renovated that building, and then moved across town. We're on Portage Road right now. Uh, we have a building over there, and then we bought the old Metro nightclub downtown, um, and. We're renovating about 2,500 square foot right now where we'll all move to. Um, but that's we've been working on that for about a year on and off. And we hired so many people <laughs> through that process that like 
we're talking with somebody right now that if they come on, I don't have a seat for them. Like we are out of space before we even move in. So, so it's a. What's it like hiring such a volume of people? As I've feared hiring one person. Yeah, I still um, fear Nate some days. It's it's actually been really cool for us. We didn't. Uh, we don't do any like go out on the internet and place an ad or you know I'm every one of our employees is someone who I've spent time with like with their families and you know so we kind of find people and our accounting manager came from a bank she had no accounting background we just was somebody we really trusted and we just said you know we can teach you how to do like anything but it's it's you that we like and so that's it's kind of like we come to a bridge and it's like well either I have to do this also or we bring (laughs) someone on to do it and so um it's been really funny because we pulled people from corporate environments and they're like you know do you have like a written job summary and I'm Hmm. like that's your first job I'd like you to write what you're gonna do for me we will next week yes (laughs) so it's been it's been pretty cool and and we're to the point now where like if people are on the fence we just say call anyone that's here I'll leave the room you can ask anybody that's here you know how they feel about our situation and that's amazing it's it's been really really cool yeah do you find um you know the the old like what adage is like never work with family or whatever do you, do you find like any of that is is it a different set of hurdles or the same set of hurdles if you were to hire somebody else? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it, we all, everyone that works for us is, is some kind of connection, but not a super close connection, you know? So mm. that's one of the ways that we've kind of battled that. We have uh, our accounting manager, Shelby. She's a rugby connection. Uh, oh, so Andrew's Andrew. obviously connected yeah. with the rugby team. And I knew her for years. and. Like every time I saw her, I'd give her a hug. And obviously I don't hug her in the office. And at a rugby event <laughs> earlier this year, Just I like hugged TJ her when I saw her. Office. And it was like, well, that was kind of weird, you know? But, but it, it's kind of like when <laughs> we're out of the office, anymore. it's it, you kind of go back to being friends. Yeah. So that's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Did you guys um did you guys expect to grow at the rate that you have it all? Or or was it kind of as it happened, you uh you realized more and more uh, the extent of, of what was happening to the business. So we're very opportunity based and we wanted to do brokerage. So we wanted to help people buy and sell buildings. Um, we bought Portage Road and Burdick Street as we started the company. Um, we assumed we would buy one of them, not both of them, and kind of just figured out that we were pretty good at this whole redevelopment thing. And so then we bought a third building, then we bought <laughs> a fourth building, and then we like bought tattoos. A fifth. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Get one. Yes. Oh, no. So um, we kind of never planned on doing the development. So, you know, a bunch of those people are construction people mm. and do management. And, and then it's like once you're built, you can manage other people's properties. And, you know, so it's always, it's been very, you know, we kind of figured there'd be five of us at some point. And so now we got a whole bunch of people. It's fun. That's amazing. It really is. You guys just came up on like 
just basing off of our timeline, like just about your three-year anniversary, right? Three years, yep. So that's three years? Yeah. Oh my gosh. 18 divided by three. I feel like a slacker. Right? (laughs) I'm going to say that's how many new people Are you accepting applications, TJ? (laughs) No applications. No. Just handshakes. Yep. It's a hug, actually. If you Uh, hug outside of work, then he hires you. Exactly. Until that happens, you're not even... What's the pandemic version of a hug? The elbow? Is it where, air five? Hi, Nick. Yeah, it's a wave. Like a foot five? Oh. <laughs> do we do feet these days? Yeah, you kick each other. Oh, that's, that's nice. <laughs> that's how you say hello. Honestly, so we were really hugging earlier, huh? That's, <laughs> yeah. I have a, a, a funny story on that topic, actually. When I had known you mm-hmm. before the whole elemental thing. Yeah. And when we were at like a networking event or something. And, mm-hmm. I miss and, those. Uh, I, I love networking <laughs> events. And you meet like 25, 30 people, you know, and uh, the next day, Andrew and I were talking and Andrew was there and he's like, oh, did you meet uh, Esther, Nick's partner? And I was like, I, I don't know. I met a lot of people. And he's like, <laughs> you know, Burnett, cute. And I'm thinking, Aww. I'm like, the girl with the handshake. And he yes! goes, yes, the girl with oh, the this handshake. Is bullshit. <laughs> that makes me so happy. This is bullshit. For all three years, apart from 2020, obviously, uh, every single time Nick and I meet anyone new, they'll shake his hand, they'll shake my hand, they'll look at Nick, they won't even tell me, they'll look at Nick and say, oh, hers is way better than yours. Oh, And uh, The firmest handshake I've ever gotten. I really appreciate it. I don't think I've ever shaken your hand. We just went straight into hugs. I think that was it. That's too bad you missed out on that experience. But that is the best news I could have been given today. And 2020 is taking handshakes away from me. The girl with the handshake. Yep. Well, that's my biography for that sure. needs to go on your ha- your Instagram. <laughs> the girl with literally the, the amount of meetings. Nick is seething right now. The amount of meetings, and I, so here's oh, is that what that hand exercise thing is over on your desk? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> if, but I have had the amount of times. This is why it bothers me, <laughs> because I was like a hardcore rock climber like three years ago. So my grip strength was like ridiculous. I'm not even like talking it up. Like it's, I could hang from these three, that was all my fingers, but I could hang from all like my fingers. Nick is actually only holding up four like fingers. All three, but like I could all hang. All three of them. Yeah. Like, and I could like go like horizontal while upside down somehow with like, Whoa. like I was like. And yet. And yet. And yet with crazy grip strength from climbing like four to five times a week, people are like, you should talk to her and figure out how she does it well so the question is how can esther rock climb i throw her up on the brick right there no i could back in the day uh yeah now we're now who knows different times haven't been able to but i you're right i should scale the brick wall but but no so i legitimately i feel like i cheated a little bit because i didn't come by it completely naturally i took an entrepreneurship class when i was like a like a teeny person like 14 maybe and uh they took an entire day of like the whole class was just talking about introductions and handshakes. And in the time you're sitting there thinking, well, this is a waste of time. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. And here we are today. Uh-uh. Not now, Shit girl. Bullshit. <laughs> the fact that you still remember that, TJ. I do. Uh, <laughs> definitely. Oh, yeah. this is, Forget I, business cards. I'm, I'm going to bring this was, up tomorrow. <laughs> was that from when you guys had your uh, like opening on the other half? Before it was renovated, of your the Sun Title I office, feel like we met before that. It would have been before that, yeah. wasn't it? Sure, because I don't yeah. remember. That got out of hand. That got way out of hand. I, yeah. I definitely left early, and I was upset about it because uh, I won at beer pong. 
Yeah. And then alcoholic group beer <laughs> floats were talked about, and I, I I missed out on that. And that was Central Western. We had an adult uh, tailgate for That's the Central right. Western game, and then went to the Central Western game, and it poured. That's we were supposed to be outside. Oh yeah, and we just had happened to have purchased this empty building <laughs> and just moved everything inside the indoor tailgate. Ta-da. That's right. So this is for like reference. This is how I knew TJ at first was just we were, everyone was just having fun. And then he became super like powerful. <laughs> I prefer to have the fun. Yeah. Well, I still haven't made it to one of your uh, your Festivus pub crawls yet. The Festivus pub crawl is it's notorious. Yes. All right, I need some more information on on this thing. So when we started our company, there was. Actually, this would have gone back to before we we did this where we used to work. And we had heard all these stories about crazy Christmas parties, but it was kind of decided that you couldn't do it, you know, on work property or or work hours. So Andrew and I decided that we were going to take it on the road. And, (laughs) you know, it was a time when it was not PC to call it a Christmas party. So we called it Festivus. (laughs) Everybody dresses in ugly sweaters. We start at Burdix and we pub crawl up the walking mall. And it's like the perfect pub crawl because it's like Burdix, the Union, Tap House, what used to be Tibbs. R.I.P. And then. Wait, is Tibbs not? What's. Uh, oh, man. Harvey's? Harvey's. And then <laughs> See, the Blue Dolphin. You said Arby's. That's the thing is- so <laughs> it's like. Are you like Papa Pete's Blue Dolphin? Yes. That is so where they you like would end the night. take a step down in class at every bar you go to and it's just it's amazing. It ends say, at like the nursing facility. Yes, right <laughs> at Bronson. You just walk right down to Bronson. The fact that you didn't remember the name Harvey's says everything you need to about like yeah. what state you're in when you arrive at Harvey's. Yep. That is that is And perfect. so as it's grown we um the first year Andrew and I like gave away some some stuff and then you know, we know a bunch of people in town. So people started, some guys that work at the golf courses in town gave away rounds of golf and gift cards. And we've given away tablets and it's just bottles of whiskey. And, and so everybody throws something in and then at every, at every bar we give stuff away. It's pretty cool. That's I didn't awesome. know, I didn't know that aspect of it. And I can't believe I've literally missed three years worth yeah. of, of this pub <laughs> crawl. So we, the first year we did it, it was like last minute. We threw it together. It was like the 23rd of December. And we kind of figured, you know, we get a couple people. It's so close to Christmas. Well, everybody kind of assumes that everybody will be doing something. So nobody's doing anything. Oh, man. And so <laughs> we had like 40 people show up and we had planned it in like a week. And so wow. I think at our peak, I think last year we had 130 people. So what? it's quite the, quite the, man. yeah. It's a party. What what am I I doing wrong in life where I'm not TJ? Can I swap out my family gathering for your festivist pub crawl? (laughs) We'll take your family too. Bring them. Everybody's welcome. My family would love that. Oh. We get a lot of people that are, we actually have picked people up along the way. Really? Like you get like two or three stops in people will be having dinner and we're like, come on, come (laughs) with us. Like if you, if the knowledge was just going to end at Harvey's, You'll get my entire family there. Yeah. Like my brother has had like graduation events at Harvey's. There was this, it's a true story. I was at Harvey's and I drink. So, you know, 
you order like with a beer group, you have like twenty shots, right? And you, that's just the thing that happens. Sponsored by Harvey's. Yeah, thank you, Harvey's. <laughs> so like you know when you're, you it's been a couple hours into the night and you're bringing the tray of shots over everybody and is this a story you want to tell? Yes, it is out actually. Loud? Okay. No, I want to. This is a story that people need to know. Okay. So you're <laughs> you're bringing over the tray. I'm and googling you're like, tray of shots. A little spills mm-hmm. on the tray sometimes as you're bringing it over because you're not all together stable and you know you duel them out and then in the state i was in which is very this is disgusting was, i know where this is going yeah you know yeah. <laughs> you know i was very held together that night I uh can't look away when you notice that the tray has a little bit of spillage on it's it like a train wreck like your brain connects that with not being a wasteful person and you just tip the no, tray no 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 i don't <laughs> Whose brain connects that? I didn't want to be a wasteful person. Well, yeah, you could drink your urine like three times in a row, but why do you know this? I didn't know that. Uh, There's a lot happening. That's a fact in this conversation. So yeah, Harvey's has. Uh, I'm my- I'm still so concerned for you. So wait, you years after you did that, the leftover alcohol from a server tray? Yes. You know those get wiped down with like bleach. Only imagine right? how clean those are. Yeah, no, yeah. it's it's both the most bacteria ever and the most cleaning products, and somehow they coexist on. And you, and you, you end definitely up, got the chair. I'm so sorry, TJ. But <laughs> you end up in that happy medium where you're just fine. Would you do it sober? Probably not. No. <laughs> Why is it only probably not? I, <laughs> well, I haven't been offered it. No. I brought you guys koozies. <gasps> what? Oh my gosh. Wait. Well, it was swag koozies. It's a branding event. Yeah. So nice. Oh, KCRE koozies. Hang on. Koozies are the perfect thing for radio. I've got to put this on the Instagram feed. Totally. I'm I'm showing my koozie to the (laughs) microphone right now, so you guys can see it. I like the fact that in this photo that I'll be posting to our story, you can see on our whiteboard the wasp count from the month of September. Mm -hmm. It was a rough month for wasps, but uh, too many. Just in case you you know didn't want to count them all yeah, up and you needed many. a quick summary of it, the amount is too many. So this is an interesting thing. Um, you may have noticed in Kalamazoo, because you aren't a brewery brand, and we have a lot of brewery brands that we've talked about like having on the podcast, because we all care very much about that, and we love our yep. local breweries and all that. But even without being an alcohol-based company, I feel like you find so many scenarios that that's either how people are brought together or like a meeting is expected to take place over beer. How do you feel that's translated in kind of your realm of the industry? Well, that's my industry <laughs> is they probably do more drinking than the beer industry. Um, well, you never sample your product. So. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, we work with a lot of attorneys and so attorneys and real estate brokers they do their fair share of partying, um, <laughs> bankers as well. Um, you know, we <laughs> anything with money, yeah, the stress of money, yep. And so, we I actually made these for golfing. Um, we go, we do a decent amount of golfing, um, with clients and with you know, vendors and stuff. So, just kind of cool to hand out, but um, yeah, I think that it's been i've actually connected with most of the breweries in town via meetings you know it's kind of like you can meet at a coffee shop in the morning and then you meet at a brewery in the afternoon so 
I definitely feel I feel like it breaks down a lot of barriers because everyone is looking forward to that meeting way more than they're looking forward to their 12 p.m. Like I'm not eating lunch for this meeting. Yeah. And so you're already like already today with as busy as it was for us. I was looking forward to this podcast because I knew I could have a beer over it or two or three or whatever it ends up happening. But uh, but yeah, I feel like everyone wants to meet with the company that suggests the brewery as a location. I. I always tell people that I save my like my good clients get my my brewery time or my. I thought you were gonna say I save my calories for my clients. Yes, (laughs) I do that too. But um, you know, if I don't really know you very well, you're probably getting coffee. That's that's you know someone I want to spend some time with. That's that's the bar. Yeah, those morning those morning meetings. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now everyone who gets a coffee invite, they're going to be like, oh, I see how it is. Yeah, Yeah. I'm speaking for myself only. But you have little ones, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I didn't have kids, I was like, I didn't even do coffee. I was beers, you know. 11 a.m. A lot of beers. Meet me at Bell's. But now now that I have two little ones, my wife's like, you're going to need to bring that back a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a little different now. Yeah, for sure. So, and our little one's three months old, so she's real. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. How old is your other one? Four. Crazy. Already? Four Maggie's. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It, it goes by so fast. As soon as you have kids, it's like, as soon as you have something to measure time on with a little kid. But I, ironically, you don't know what year it is. You measure that time. Right. But you're like, it's 2019, right? Right. I agree. It's weird. I feel like we all know it's not 2019, Jarrett. Eh, just I wish know. it was. <laughs> yeah. We all we all feel that way. But. Yeah. Did you have a favorite brewery that you would suggest for your beer meetings? Mm. Or a top three? You don't have to pick favorites. I one wall would be at the very very top. Yeah. Um, we do love them. I, their food's amazing. That's and they make. Oh yeah. I I'm not going to go on record with what I was going to say. Um, but I will put one well at the very top. Um, and then I always liked Tibbs, but that's, I, so I think I went to Tibbs once. Really? But it wasn't. You would have loved their Hefeweizen. I just would, I just forgot about, it's not that I didn't like them. I just, when I, you know, if someone's like, Hey, where do you want to go? So I I, accidentally (laughs) ended up in a crump battle with one of their bartenders in the basement at one point. What's crump? I haven't heard the word crump in <laughs> a long that's... time. So like like I was in college. Threw down in a basement with a bartender? No, so it's a type of hip-hop dancing. Um, as you can tell, Tibbs was not my first stop of the night, but oh. I ended up there. And then uh, the people I were with, I will loosely call them friends, but maybe they weren't. Um, they're like, oh, yeah, Esther, you won't, you won't crump battle this bartender. And, of course, at that point of the night, I'm like, I won't. Will I not? It's like a throw of the body is how I would describe a crump. It's a, yeah, visually interpret it as if you had um, a a flaming Snuggie on and you had to remove it. Like four of them on. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) repeatedly removing Snuggies that are on fire. And so anyway, you clearly don't, you aren't just challenged to that and you don't rise to the occasion. So... I, I won probably due to the lack of her participation, <laughs> but I did win. I so, need to go on record. So, Tibbs, well, was, Tibbs was great. 
other than to, other than the normal um, obvious ones, I really also liked Old Peninsula. They're like, still around. Yeah. You can still go there. Yeah, yeah, but like that was good for like a business thing at the bar that wasn't too like whatever you know. Mm-hmm. And O'Duffy's. I love O'Duffy's. O'Duffy's yeah. is yes. one of That's my kind of my. I like O'Duffy's. I like CJ's Pub. London Grill was awesome. Like uh, way off the again. beaten path, and then obviously the up and under. It's just oh, a you're special very, place. You're in very into like the dive environment. I love yes. that. Yeah, I think oh. that's. I think that's a fun thing about Kalamazoo again. Is like you don't feel unsafe in any of our dive bars. You, well, you, there's one. I did at up and under. I saw. <laughs> I saw some stuff there. Saw a couple girl fights that I can't get out of my head. Well, in like the back room. Well, okay, so you that's know, your like, problem. You don't go to the back room you just oh. you stay you where the pool tables and the ring toss are you get your cheap cocktails and that's what you do at up and unders so like tj with with like um you know the the client side of it and and wanting and dining and, and, and doing a lot of business out and socially how how has this year looked for you like how do you still get that that deep level of relationships with clients but in the climate that we're in. So it's been tough. It's been really tough. And for us, we work a whole year. We might close like 10 deals, you know, or like per person in our office. And so you keep like a lot of them die. So you keep like 30 deals going at a time. And when COVID hit, I had a deal that, was a, the biggest deal that I could might even possibly ever do in my career. And it was with a guy out of LA. He caught, they obviously knew about COVID before we did. Mm-hmm. And he killed this deal that we were working on. And he's like, well, there's this virus. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like oh. it was the week before St. Patrick's Day. Yep. So we we didn't have it at all. Like we weren't even talking about it. We and were all just joking around about it at that absolutely. point. Absolutely. And he was like, "No, this is real. It's it's going to be real real." And then like I mean, they just started dropping like flies yeah. and and we actually had a point where it was like, you know, they sent everybody home because, you know, obviously that was they shut everything down. We didn't have anything to do. I like remodeled my house because I was like, I don't even have, there aren't even people for me to call. So um, my partner, Andrew, he's like rally the troops. He's the best at that. And so he got everybody together. We actually did a big Zoom call with about eight or nine business owners in town that he put together just to ask everybody, you know, what they needed. Because we saw early that some people were thriving and other people were struggling. Mm -hmm. So he was kind of like, well, why don't we all work together? Because if you're in trouble, maybe there's something that I need help with because we're so busy. And that was pretty cool to hear. And then we got, you know, there was so much information thrown at everybody so fast that you couldn't even retain it all. And then you didn't know what was real and what Mm -hmm. wasn't. And so it was very cool to hear all these business owners and what they were doing, what they had done. Um, but as far as the whole entertainment thing, it's what we do is kind of crazy and there's a lot of numbers and it's 
a lot of money and, you know, and, and other people's money, not just ours. And the, the dinners and the drinks and the, it was kind of what keeps you sane, you know? So we've, Andrew just told me recently, he was like, you know, I just like miss everybody. Like, I just want to go see everybody. And it's very true, you know, so we just, we're busy, but we're just working all the time. We're not getting to go yes. connect with people like we used to. So you, for, for you guys, it was less about just strictly making the deal, but, but more about like really building long lasting, deeper relationships with, with clients. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we don't do a lot, you know, we do get, because of our name, Kalamazoo Commercial Real Estate, we get a lot of random people that call us just because they Google us. But I would say 90% of our work comes through personal connections that we have. And mm. you, there's a lot of options in what we do. You know, you could go sign with a lease with a big developer or in like in a case with one of our tenants, they just looked at us and said, we, we want to go wherever you would tell us to go because I know that you've got my interest in mind. Yeah. So yeah, it's been, it's been tough. It's, it's, definitely been tough. I feel like that's part of the reason why the three of us decided we wanted to start this podcast is because we very much missed, you know, like the happy hours with the other business professionals or um, the connections that we wanted to make and just being able to do it in an environment that's maybe one at a time instead of 12 people Mm -hmm. all at once. But, uh, you know, you still have your beer and you're still able to talk about, um, you know, the struggles that you're going through or the fact that uh, my handshake is better than Nick's at any given time. Outside of that, I mean, we're basically cut to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I mean, but it's it's funny because as you say that, it like that's exactly how we get business too. It's very much not like cold. Oh no, Jared has the chair. Oh, it's Jared. But you know, like our sales are that. That's the way we've always done it too. Like eighty to ninety percent are people that are our friends that we've known that we've established relationships with. People trust us. You know, whatever it is. And the only other 10 to 20% is the people who it's a random, they reach right. out and, and that's, you know, right. and that's the end of it. And I think that, you know, without getting political or anything like that, it's like pushed this negativity into our world that like I put as one of my random facts that I love to have my mind changed yeah. by conversation with people. Um, I remember when I, decided like I've shifted to like I you know you don't know everything you're just you know what you know because it's your experiences made you that way and I just love to meet people with different backgrounds and have conversations with them and sometimes I ask a lot of questions some people are like why is this guy asking me so many questions I think that's awesome I'm always worried about the guy in the room not asking a lot of questions (laughs) What are you? Yeah. You got something going on. Yeah, what's (laughs) going on over there? And so I really, I've been struggling majorly with like our social media and stuff through all of this because I'm in this, what was the Netflix documentary Mm -hmm. came out? I know you guys. Oh, Social Dilemma. Social Dilemma. After you had mentioned. I watched it after. I I watched that. It had me all freaked out because I, it was like, you know, I, I felt like I was involved in my own intervention like a notice that I'm like on my phone all the time and so then there's that and then 
I get on my phone and I don't like what I see. And then I post something, especially business related and people comment negative stuff. And I'm just like, you know, I'm really struggling right now with the whole social media world. But I think that the way that I want to get out of that is by being with people and interacting with people, which we can't do. And so it's, we're like stuck in this circle. You're like a circle of, of, uh, anger almost at that point because yeah. it's so it's funny because you say that you know I, i've told many people at this point that like some of the most interesting interactions i've had are when i so last year i had this thing where i decided i am like in myself i'm way too wrapped up in my own social sphere like i'm way too comfortable so i'm just gonna go out to bars by myself and just my goal is to inject myself into someone else's group because of that you had really interesting conversations with people just you have no idea who they are and you're like, wow, right. You don't think anything like me, but yet this conversation I'm really into right yeah. now. And I think Kalamazoo's so small, like <laughs> so small. I mean, I've only been here for five years and I feel like I know. Wait a minute. Everybody. Where were you from before? I'm from Ann Arbor. How do we not know this? I've yeah. never known this about you. Yeah. My wife's from Vicksburg. So that was. That's how I landed in California. So you guys are new. You came here and you just ruined it for everybody. Everyone. Yeah. That was the goal. In fact and effect. Okay. Wait a minute. So, okay. I need to back up with this whole thing because because when I met you, you were already a part, uh, which was three years ago was when I met you. Like three and a half. So you'd already been here for like a year and a half at that point. Yeah. And you were already a part of the uh, the small group. I forget what you guys, what it was called at that point. The group of six. Oh, um, mastermind. The mastermind. The, yeah, yeah, you already we were in a mastermind. You already yeah. had a mastermind group going, which was like you, yeah, Brian Face, yep, uh, Scott Burkett, Emma, Emma, yep, uh, Catherine, Catherine Real Estate, yep. Um, and who else was in that? Samita. It was Samita. Samita. Oh, I Sorry. love Samita. Samita's um, awesome. Yeah, so I've we did that. I I love to network. So that was kind of I hit the ground running pretty early when I got here. I didn't want to. Someone drugged me to a networking event. I thought you were going to say someone drugged you, yeah. and then you were someone at a drugged me event. at a networking event. Um, <laughs> Which one was that? Yeah, my favorite one. Um, so I went to a networking event, fell in love with it, you know, and then I met this. Um, lady that worked at Western, whose name is Janice Clark. And now she kind of does her own consulting and stuff. Everyone knows Janice and Janice kind of took me under her wing and she challenged me to bring back to the office was like three business cards of people that I didn't know every networking event. And so, you know, cause a lot of times at these networking events, you just go and talk to the people that you know there. And so I really started hitting that hard and just quickly, I feel like I met everybody in like two years and loved it. It was Sounds awesome. Like a, like a Sir Hant move. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. And um, so I just, you know, then you see people out, they introduce you to other people. And so, and I've pulled a lot of work out of those events. And so that would be my number one recommendation, you know, to somebody well, now we're in COVID, so, you know, <laughs> but when things open back up again, if you feel like you've stalled or, you know, you just meet people like you guys and, and 
you start having conversations with people that are not the same as you. And then you kind of take little aspects of how people run their business and then it takes you to a whole nother level. Well, I think like Nick, kind of your like theory, like behind going into a, a bar and meeting weird people, you know, surprised you didn't get abducted. But me too. The uh, the the big thing is like what we're experiencing now is not being involved does not really allow you to like evolve as either a person or a business. So like it's a weird point because if you're only involved on social, then you're you're so narrowed and going back to Esther, like, yeah, we started this because we need to be involved in things that are outside of our bubble just to like not make 2021 look the same growth wise as 2020. Right. It's, it's weird how much you realize how much you relied on it. Just, just meeting people you haven't previously met when it was taken away from you completely. And for multiple months, because yeah. I think at the beginning, you know, like it was a thing like, especially like, oh, no, this is just the way, to, of course, this is what we're going to do, obviously. And it took until obviously, honestly, even recently to realize that this whole like, whoa, my life actually used to revolve around being around people who I did not know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's super. So I'm curious because I remember, once again, back to like when I met you and everything, um, I remember was 4,000 Portage, I think of you guys saying like, this is, we're hoping it works. So that was a crazy one. So we took on a private investor because all the banks looked at it and said it won't work. It's not going to work. And we were like, we know it'll work. So we took on a private investor, did the entire thing. We renovated that entire building with no tenants. We, we basically... There were a couple tenants that left on their own. One guy decided to stay, I think, just because he wanted a front row seat to what we were doing. <laughs> um, we renovated that entire building. And same thing, people were like, you're nuts. It's not going to work. And to the point where when we, we told them we were going to do office space there, at the closing table, the guy that sold it to us looked at, it and, was, looked at us and said, now you've signed, you can tell me what you're going to do with the building. <laughs> and we said, we're going to keep it as office space. It just needs to be renovated. And he was like, shrugged his shoulders and walked out of the room. And so, I mean, yeah. that's just like textbook, like people not having vision outside of. Yeah. And it's been, so I'm design, very heavy design background, Andrew's construction. And so I, we, do a lot. We don't use interior designers. We don't, I have a Pinterest that is phenomenal. So I just go through Pinterest and I pick out like what I want stuff to look like. And then we have a construction crew that I'm like standing on site with like an iPad. Like I need (laughs) you guys to make this look like this. (laughs) Do you see this wallpaper? That's what I need. So, um, that's been really cool. Andrew kind of gives me total creative freedom to do whatever I want. And then he and the crew kind of come up with a plan and they do it. And so it's, it's cool. I've, I've just was talking with somebody recently that was like, you're like a placemaker. I was like, I don't know what that is, you know, (laughs) but you know, I just like, when I walk into a room, I know exactly what I want it to look like at the end. Yeah. And 
it's one of my favorite things to do is, you know, because, but it's tough because a lot of times we're walking through rooms that are trashed with people that are going to be the tenants and they're like, yeah. I don't see it. You know, I, I'm, I'm missing it entirely. Yeah. Well, on that like creative note, I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you, TJ, but like for me, if it's a product, I know exactly what I want it to do. And usually my first thing, that first like spark is always right. And the more I think about the, the further away I get it from that. Yeah. Same thing with like a label or a package. Like I know exactly how I want that to feel. And the more and more I work it, the less it feels like that. I would say that I'm a lot like that. Yeah. yeah. Like your initial like spark yeah. is... When I was in design school, I have a graphic design degree. There's like this, you know, thumbnails. You just sit down and draw things a hundred times. And I was, I hated it. I was mm. like, the first one that I draw will be the best one. And then I'll be done. You know, I, I don't need to draw a hundred just... And at some points it was like, I'll do one really, really good, and then I'll just fill in the other boxes because that's <laughs> what they want to see. That's what yeah. my son does with the alphabet. <laughs> so I have his first A perfect. is great, and then like the next. He's like, I have a funny story about that. My daughter, she's four. She's in preschool. She's got in trouble because they were writing their, they were practicing writing D's, and she did one, and then she was out running around playing, and they were like, "You need to do 10. And I said, you know, you got to listen to your teachers. You got to, you got to write them all. And she said, I already did it. Yep. I already knew how to do it. Why would I do it again? <laughs> and my wife was like, you're fighting with yourself. That's, this is, yeah. this is you right here. <laughs> they call you a strong-willed child. Oh, yeah. Man. So I have a question. Um, just because your, your entrepreneurial journey seems so like, Bizarre to a lot of people that have been grinding at it for so many years. Um, not that you can actually attribute your success to any one thing, but do you feel that the risk taking that you were talking about before is like a huge part of why you guys have gotten as far as you have in, in such a short amount of time? Absolutely. And um, Andrew and I are polar opposites in our skill sets. So, um, you know, the two of us can do the job of five people at a standard mm. company. And so that has been really powerful. And then like him and I work really, really well together, but we're not very close before we started this. It's not like I started this with my best friend. So we help, we hold yeah. each other very professionally accountable mm -hmm. and there's an amount of trust that, you know, I would hand him everything that I have and go away and know that it would come, I'd come back and it would be better than it was when I left. And so I think that's really, really important. There's never any doubt, even when things got tough, it was like, I know that he's working harder than me. So I'm going to work harder than him to, mm -hmm. to make this work. And I think that that's what a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, when you partner and things start to go south, that's when you really separate the, the boys from the men and you know, that analogy, because I, it's tough. It, I mean, I remember sending him text messages at three o'clock in the morning and him responding like in four minutes, like we, it was when shit was tough, it was tough for yeah, both of us. And you know, we're both awake and it was, it was wild. It's, if I remember correctly, once again, just because I've 
a lot of my experience comes with you. Literally, most of my memory, I knew you very well at the beginning. Yep. And we didn't talk for like two years. <laughs> <laughs> I was busy. Yeah, no, I, at I, three in the morning. I thought I was busy. But, There's a reason for that. So, but I remember at the beginning, I remember once sitting with you and Andrew in a room, and I, I think I explicitly remember Andrew saying, "This doesn't need to work for me. What we're doing." if TJ wants to leave the real estate company he's working at, it has to work for him, yeah. but we both want it. And I yeah. think, and I remember that conversation because he, you were, I was in the room with you as you were told, I don't need this. Get your shit together, basically. Yeah. Yep. And exactly. <laughs> and like We've straight, had a lot of those conversations. And I remember you, but I just specifically because you were just like, you didn't even think anything of it. You were just like, yeah, I mean, if yeah. I'm going to, do this then yeah well and, so so tj and andrew our partners nick and esther our partners i think it would be really helpful to quickly talk about like how you guys oh became partners and maybe how you absolutely, guys yes. I, I, I don't really that. i'm not a so the exact so. opposite of tj's situation where they weren't best friends because <laughs> that's because that was like esther and i were legitimately working at an agency where we were the only two people who we could rely on which then brought us to be best friends legitimately at that point. And it reached the situation where we were like, okay, we both want to leave, but we don't want to stop working together mm. because we work together really well. And that's legitimately how this started. And we were like, okay, well, how do we continue working together? But I mean, there was Okay, so that's Nick's version. No, yeah, no, was that, was, that was accurate. <laughs> but I was going to say there was an element to it that was similar to you and Andrew, TJ, um, just because... In no way as successful as what Elemental is now. Um, but I had a personal brand beforehand um, d- doing, you know, uh, the lot more of the creative work, the portraits and the weddings and all of that. And I had my cushion to fall back on. I'm like, well, if we leave and it doesn't work out, I still have something to, to go on. But seeing how hard Nick worked and seeing how badly he wanted it. And oh, no, shit. genuinely, the amount of sacrifices that he was making, like I wanted to do just as well for the brand as Nick was as Nick was contributing, um, because of that alone, I think if it had just been, oh, this is a crazy idea, and if it doesn't work out, that's fine. But knowing that I had genuinely my best friend so much relying on me to also put in 100%, um, it, it motivated us both, I think, to yeah. to work so much harder and to give up a lot more of what would be considered um, – luxuries and amenities in the beginning stages of our company just to make sure that the other person was taken care of. Well, I think that's really cool because you hear so much like, you know, about partnerships failing and going sour and don't go into business with your best friend. But like you guys are actually like examples of real like life people that we know in the community that it really worked and like fueled the business. So I think that's a really an important kind of a takeaway. I I see the word. So like the way I look at it is the phrase best friend is either actually a positive or a negative. Well, I like BFF. Yeah. That's cute. It's that's also a a positive or a negative (laughs) because sometimes like your best friend is this term that is this person that you owe shit to. And that's Mm. when I see it as a negative because it almost anger gets associated with it of like, well, fuck, my best friend doesn't want me to do that shit. And then you don't do it and then you're upset. And it's just like, it's a snowball effect. Right. Or the opposite happens and you're like, no, I owe this person. Right. 
you know, yeah. like I need to give this person everything because they've given me everything. And then it just keeps reciprocating into this point where you're like, okay, well, we've sacrificed pretty much everything for each other. And now here we are building each other up to everything. And if I stop building up this person, then like I can't continue to grow. Right. Not because I don't think they won't continue to grow me, but because it's like yeah. this mutual growth that happens. Well, I think and, the best friends that I've had in life, and I haven't really had like business partners tied like legally, but I've had a lot of collaborators that I've worked with and I felt that the best ones, like my best friends, have been like it's just ride or die. Like right. they'll they'll front for you. They might call you out on shit on the back end, like when you're in private. That's important too. But like they'll they'll go to bat for you like yeah. every time. Well, and and that's I think what I was trying to get at is the thing of like it's not like your best friend is the person like you're doing such a good job. Like yeah. oh you're they, awesome. Right. The they shouldn't always says, be your cheerleader. It's the person who says fuck you. Right. You're an idiot. Well, the, yeah, they'll be like you're an idiot. But if you want me to go beat that guy's ass for you, totally. I will. <laughs> no, totally. So, and it reminds me. So, when Esther's even talking about the beginning of the company with me, uh, like, I, like I, you still talk to me way more than what I would do. Like, so, you, the rice story exists <laughs> from episode one. <laughs> it is go look really, at it. It's out there one forever. If you want to know about the rice hole, the amount of like. Uh, like ability I gave myself to live as a human exists, right? Like I didn't eat much, but <laughs> that's not the important part because it wasn't about like that type of, it, it was about the company, right? It was about like, yeah, how yeah. do we advance because the company doesn't advance in this we advanced situation, you know? And I feel like that is realistically the way that companies advance when it's a partnership because right. you don't advance separately in a partnership. You advance as a collective. So TJ, do you feel that you and Andrew are closer than you were when you started the company? I would say professionally, we definitely are, but, um, he's got three kids. I have two kids. We, you know, our time not together is important to us. And, uh, when we, when we started this, you know, we started a real estate company and didn't have it was like a brokerage company. We didn't have anything to sell. So we actually went to Chicago to what's called ICSC and had one property. And usually you take like a binder full of properties to this show and you like, you know, tell everybody about all the properties you have. And we took one property and we went, we showed it to everybody that it made sense to. And then we like spent that weekend just like together. We went out to dinner and, you know, that was like our real together time. And I would say we don't do like that stuff as much anymore just because it's like it went from us doing everything together to now we have so much to do that you need to go do your stuff and I need to go do my stuff. So um, we always joke about like back in the beginning how much fun it was. And it's still a lot of fun, but I would say we've divided a lot. Like, you know, we've had to professionally split up and try to conquer different things. So I've always been curious for all three of you guys, because this has always been a big um, issue or wonder for me is how you go from like having no business to all of a sudden business and um, also like figuring out the structure of that, like how it all flows and how it all works and who's doing what and who's, are you talking to the accountant and you know, 
I would say that's one of the hardest parts, especially as you grow and bring on employees and are working and, um, and more importantly, being able to say, that's not mine. You need to talk to Andrew. Um, that's one of the big things, you know, someone will call him, he doesn't answer. And then I get a call and I'm trying to get better at saying like, you need to wait for his response. You know, yes, I have the authority to make this decision, but that's what he's here for. But and he knows it better than me. Was that like a meeting where you guys like outlined something or was that just something that fell into place? Or is I would say, yeah, I would say that it came like via like anger and like, (laughs) like, I don't have time to do your shit. You got to do it so that I can do mine and him same way. Like, you know, and so it kind of was an accountability thing. Like, but at the same time, you're taking that downstream to your employees and and saying, you know, no, you need to wait because saying you need to answer your phone every time it rings is also not the, the, the answer. No. Well, and that's what I was about to say almost precisely is that with us, it, it, we had in the beginning our image of what we should be doing. And then as we continued, realized I should not be doing that shit yeah. or I should be contributing. Not like that I shouldn't or shouldn't, should or should not be, but that I should be a part of that versus shouldn't be a part of that like we thought. Yeah. I think if uh, just with the way that our workload flows, we have, it's, I wish it were perfectly even all the time, but it's like a ton of video projects or a ton of photo projects. Nick has kind of remained head of video and I have been head of photo. So when one of us is completely overwhelmed with the job that we actually got into this for, the thing that we enjoyed doing, it's really helpful to have the other person that's doing the producing tasks or doing the billing tasks or doing the things that are um, time consuming, but really, really important and not at all creative, but very important. <laughs> so having the balance of like when you are completely consumed with the things that you're supposed to be dedicating all of your mental energy to, the other person is picking up all of the slack and you know that at one point or another it's going to even out is really beneficial. And that that all has to come back to trust, right? Absolutely. For sure. I would, and one of the things that just came to mind was like when we started, Andrew has an accounting and finance degree. Um, and when we started, he said, you're going to run our books. And I was like, what? (laughs) And he said, you need to know this. You need to figure out how to do this. And he was willing to take on a lot of my other work so that I was forced to understand, you know, how all, where the money went, where it was going, the billing, all that stuff. And he was willing to kind of sit back, watch me struggle. So that now I, I can see it and I can, you know, I understand it a hundred percent and that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we used to, when, when we had like employees and we weren't outsourcing our uh, shipping, we would have every employee do each other part of the job. So they understood like, oh, so if I don't pack it like this, this is how it's going to show up. And I think that's so valuable because you have empathy for the other roles in the organization. Oh, I look back at some of our projects that we've done and like, especially some of our first ones. And I just shake my head and I'm like, why did I pick out that carpet? But if you yeah. don't but have you that know, experience, <laughs> no, if you don't have why, that, what was I thinking? You've never grown. If you're truly happy with your right? first project. Like, oh, if you totally nailed agree. it the first time, just, yeah. Right? 
I don't even but know what. It's, I've never met that person who has right. done that and, and I mean, has evolved and still feels good about their first I've project. heard early Nirvana demos. <laughs> Not case in point. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. It's just weird because it's that thing with, I, I like I said, creative as if that was the like be all and all. Like, yeah, if you're in the creative field, like you, you're the only people who feel that way. But I know that's not true, right? Like, right. I know that it, as a business owner, entrepreneur, it's kind of this like you're always trying to one up yourself. Well, and I think perception is reality. You know, that's one of the things that I always tell people is that what I think doesn't matter. What I make you think is what matters. Yep, and we, Andrew and I, always go into meetings. Like both of us go in together, we pitch as a team, and we always wait. Like we both get business cards and wait for the person to call one of us. I'm always shocked with who they call. I mean, it it, (laughs) every time. Every time, yeah. (laughs) We just did a bunch of work with One Well, and we met with Chris and Chris. I'm like. I'm the creative one. I'm, you know, hands down. I'm younger than Andrew. I'm definitely going to end up working with Chris. And <laughs> he's like, like, well, that's the initial, like, this is why. Yeah. I'm younger. Yeah. At the end of the deal, Chris is like, so he's like, yeah, TJ didn't really do anything. That was, I worked with Andrew the whole time. And that's, it just, you know, blows my mind. The, the people that our clients pick to work with. It's kind of, yeah. kind of fun. Wow. I think I just think if you didn't have that other part, how much right. business would, would be- you lose? Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I guess so. Somebody who's never started a business before that's maybe considering do I go out on my own? Do I find somebody that fills the gaps for me? What would you recommend? Hands down, find someone to go with. Absolutely. I, one of the craziest things that I always think of is somebody asks me a question that I don't know the answer to. And I always think to myself, like, I should know that answer. And I think, I'm, I'm going to ask Andrew what he thinks, and then I'll let you know. You know, it's like, I can lean on him. Whereas if I was the only mm-hmm. person there, it's like, oh, I don't know. You know, that would be my, that'd be you, my response. Like, you don't just away. make something up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I try not to ever just make something up. Yeah. I that's, love that. That's, well, you know, the foundation is actually... Uh, Rock solid from 1912. And, um, <laughs> and please don't fact check that. <laughs> no, it's, that's super interesting, especially because the way, I, the way I've always thought about that is I like am 100% in with that idea because that's obviously the way we've existed. Yeah. I mean, anytime we've entered a meeting, realistically, the way that we sell it is I'm the person who's like, here's the numbers 100%. And beyond that, I'm pretty much just sitting there. Well, then Esther is the person who actually makes people feel like human beings. I wouldn't say that, but I appreciate <laughs> it. In, in a sense. You I, know, I don't think that's fair to you, Nick. No, like, no, not to that extreme, but I mean, just but to the sense of like the way my brain works is very n- numbers, not just in a financial sense, but like legitimately memorization, right? Like my brain is very logistical, very analytical, very in that sense. Like I know my driver's license number. No, this is true. I okay, wait, wait. So you know your driver's license. So I'm trying to figure out if I'm ha- having deja vu or if you wore that exact outfit last podcast. There's a good chance I There's did. There's a good okay. chance. He owns four outfits. I don't own many. No more than four Articles outfits. of clothing. Okay. So. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Thank you. It's efficiency. <laughs> but like, you know, I know my driver's <laughs> license number by memory. I know my license plate. Like, I know my social. I know every Wait, what's number. your social? 
<laughs> do you know the do you do you know the in your date of number birth. on the back of your I, credit card number? I came very close to saying it just, just to prove things. <laughs> but it's the thing where like that's the way my brain works is in this like you know if we're going into a pitch I can come in without even any anything like no materials and I can be like hey there's a thirty percent chance that this will happen in your market and that like if you do this there's an eighty percent increase and like I can come in with all those numbers. And then they get really like, oh, that's a really good idea. Like, I'm interested. And then Esther comes in with the sense of like, hey, and by the way, like your consumer really enjoys this feeling. And like, who are you talking to? And who are you like, who's you, who are you really trying to choose? Yeah, well, I mean, you always need someone with a bedside manner to come in who can read the room. Yeah. But also know the objective and also know who they're talking to. And, and- and so that's that's where the idea of that partnership comes in where I'm it's that idea of like I don't need like if there's a question asked one of us has the answer to it in that right. sense. But then at the same time where my point of this all comes from is because I know Jarrett at the beginning at least <laughs> it was wasn't it mostly you? Yeah, yeah. For and, uh yeah, like four four years. Yeah. yeah, and and you made it you like made it all grow. I did voices on the phone, like, hi, this is, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I, I made it work. I it uh, but, uh, you know, I also came from a marketing background, so I had experience with um, pitches and and selling both deliverables and, you know, user experiences. So I kind of knew what, what um, the product should be, and it was all about trying to get it to that point. Like, it was all reverse engineering. And so whether it was talking with somebody big or small, um, it was all just about like trying to get it to that point and talking to that point. Um, but yeah, it would have been nice to have somebody to, would you, you know, say that when you're not at work that you're the kind of person that likes to be alone? I do like to just kind of, uh, have time, but I, I feed off of other people too. Okay. So, yeah. but then I feel like I need to recharge. Yeah. You know, the more time I have to, to kind of, um, think about myself, it's worse. Like the more time I have to prepare for a pitch mm. is worse. Yeah. Like if I just walked into a room in the marketing setting and someone was like, here's the brief, like I would do way better than if I had a whole week to prepare. No, I totally agree. But I think that comes right down to something that I've noticed a lot in the small business field in Kalamazoo is that it is way more authentic than this is my company of 300 people and everyone has to follow this brand guide that I put out. You are your voice. Like you are very much the brand and it's more authentic if you just come into a pitch and you're like, I'm just going to be myself and this is what's going to sell my product because I'm my product. Yeah, I think there's definitely a a transparency and authenticity that uh, brands in Kalamazoo can can really have and really hit their mark and hit their stride with, um, there's some that don't take advantage of that and I wish they would, (laughs) but I think the ones that are really killing it do embrace that, um, you know, the rawness. Like we were talking with Sarah last podcast about how social is kind of reverting back to what it was, which is being really raw and transparent and not so much an editorial feed. And I think that's what all brands should be embracing now. I don't Absolutely. know if you feel that same way. Yeah. I, the, bringing it back to local, what I really like about Kalamazoo is it, it's so small 
that it keeps you all honest. You know, it's, you don't get to like my biggest thing that I tell people all the time is you can never redo your reputation. You can start another company, you can buy another car, you can buy another building. You never get to redo your reputation. And I love that about Kalamazoo. When I meet somebody and I'm about to start doing work with them, first thing I do is pick up the phone and call three people. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I know one of them is going to know this person (laughs) that I'm talking to. And occasionally I get like a, you shouldn't, don't even call that person back, you know? And (laughs) I I just think that that's really cool, you know? It really is. It is because the people who, because for every one of those phone calls, I get one, I get three, five that are like, oh, I know that guy. I I go to church with his family and, you know, my wife babysits his kids. It's like, oh, okay, you know? Tell me a little bit about them. Yeah. So, yeah, like as an entrepreneur, as a brand, right? Like you are a sum of all of your absolutely actions and, and projects and things like that. Absolutely. Nick, real quick. Because hey, I was going to say, we're probably second? about at the time. No, I mean, we're at about like, a- like if you want before you go pee to, to like, do we want to <laughs> just wrap it yeah, in some sort of. 20 right now. Oh, okay. All right. So we're, so, we're way over. So is there like a final, is there a final like comment or question or anything yeah. that you want to throw out there? So. Nick is like going to wet the plants. Bathroom break first. No, it's fine. <laughs> So, <laughs> it really looks like you have to go. No, it's a, it's fine. I can close this out. <laughs> so my question, TJ, was as a, because you're the definition of a serial entrepreneur, of the person basically who people didn't believe in, and you still made it happen despite of people's beliefs, but also given your own like inhibition. What's the one thing or a couple things? Like You shouldn't be limited to one what thing. What is the one to 10 things? Yeah, that you would... Tell somebody who wants to start a company but feels limited by their uh, environment. Ooh, that's a good question. That is a tough question. It's a Ooh. tough question, um, especially after a couple beers. Um, <laughs> I would say that I'm not a big goals guy. Like I don't set annual goals. I don't set five year goals. I'm I'm just more is always what I try to do. But I always kind of know where I want to be, and. If you can set that, then what other people do or say doesn't really matter. If, you're, if you know that you're trying to move towards a certain thing, then you can kind of shrug off what people have to say. You work through it. Shit will get tough. It'll get real tough, like so tough that you think you're going to break. But you always have that thing that you're working towards. For me, I don't know what that thing is. It's just more. But... Um, <laughs> That would be that would be my advice is that you have to have somewhere you want to be, and, and that's it. And I, if I could piggyback on that, I know I'm not the guest. You're allowed to say I want to hear it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think that if it can come from a place of honesty, yeah, then you can sleep well. Yeah, you know, I think that that's the big key. If you can be like, this is coming from a place of like truth and like where I'm like genuinely trying to take my business or my product. Mm-hmm. Then you can just be like, at the end of the day, you can like close that phone or that MacBook and just sponsored by MacBook and um, just be like, I'm done. Get a full four and a half hours. 
that is exactly the four amount of sleep that an entrepreneur gets. Uh, full yeah. four and a half. The nap couch. I see your couches. I know how it works. Oh, you I know what we're You here. didn't yeah. see the hammocks, which I've slept in many hours yes. of which. Yeah. So, so we, we don't have a nap couch anymore, but we did. We so did you knew what it was like. You get yeah, it. For yeah. sure. Well, thank well, you so much for being appreciate here. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for having uh, me, guys. Whenever you guys are ready to cancel the recording, anyone else can in space bar, but I have got to pee. <laughs>